Good day, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of our podcast, Breaking Boundaries. This is a podcast about our colleagues at Technip Energies who have stepped out of their comfort zones, faced challenges, and broken boundaries with their unconventional career paths. We hope you enjoyed our previous episode with Valentina Gabriel, head of Kuala Lumpur Operating Center. If you haven't listened to it yet, do check it out. I am your host, Talumba Katawala, a self-certified boundary breaker from Mozambique. And on today's episode, I am joined by Carolina Nugro, originally from Indonesia. She has worked in six countries, four continents, and she's armed with a master's in chemical engineering. She's currently based in Paris as a project manager for offshore wind. And having talked to her for, you know, briefly, she just seems like someone who embraces change confidently. And I cannot wait to learn more about her and her journey. Welcome, Carolina. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you, Talumba. Thanks for having me today. I actually love listening to podcasts. And your first one with Valentina Gabriel was very inspiring. I enjoyed that. Uh, she's she's incredible. Yeah, and that's why I'm really honored to to be here today. So thanks. Uh, awesome. Um, so my first thought when I saw your name was, how do you say her last name? <laughs> Nugroho. 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 So you are Indonesian. So yes, I am born and raised in Borneo. And because my parents were a dual career couple, uh, when I was 15 years old, uh, we went on expatriation to Paris. Oh, wow. So why did you decide to pursue engineering? Is it something that, you know, does it come from one of your parents? Well, actually, uh, because I was doing my high school in in a foreign country and English wasn't then my forte and French was nowhere near. So (laughs) and I was actually quite good at maths. So I thought engineering was a natural choice uh, for me to go to. And my dad was also an engineer. So I thought, I knew what it's about, kind of. Wait, where did you, so where, which school, where did you study engineering? I went to Imperial College in London and the the city itself is a melting pot. Um, there were just so many people from different countries and the school also represented the population of my high school, uh, mm-hmm. but in sort of, you know, more dense. It's a bigger structure, it's a university, so... I felt I felt really kind of at home uh, in this uh, environment. So it's it kind of helps when you're not the only foreign one, right? When you have uh, other people exactly. also struggling with the language, with the culture. Yeah, yeah, and also I mean I honestly I didn't choose engineering because I was passionate about it. Yeah. I just thought that um, it was something that was uh, practical. I mean it was natural for me to do, and my passion actually grew at the engineering school. Um, when I look at your profile, I see that you've done so many things and you've been to so many different places. So you came to France at 15, s- learned French, obviously, s- uh, moved to London to study engineering. And your first thought after finishing school is like, OK, I'm going to be an engineer now. Well, actually, funnily enough, from my school, there was a, a big portion of people who decided to go to finance because London was the hub of finance and that it paid really, really well. Uh, so against all odds, when I graduated, I got job offers in finance and in engineering and I picked engineering because I actually grew passionate about it. And I thought that it would be actually fun to build something. <laughs> so let me let me get this straight. You 
left money <laughs> and chose <laughs> your passion. That's right. Yes, um, and I yeah. never regretted a single bit. Because guess what? A year later, uh, into my engineering career, I got offered, well, I got a, an opportunity to go to Nigeria. Uh, and uh, yeah, the opportunity came up because at that time um, there was some security issues and so not many people wanted to go. So I volunteered oh, yeah. and uh, yes, I got the job and I was very happy to be able to see a live LNG plant for the first time. You are 22 at this this stage? Yeah, something like that. Uh-huh. 22, just graduated with your engineering degree and your first thought is like, all right, let me go directly into the plant in Nigeria. So the security issues didn't discourage you to go? Not at all. So I thought it would be fun to to discover that part of Africa that I didn't know before. And also I was just really keen to see what it's like um, to experience the the real end product of what we designed in the office. Uh, and uh, it was just a great experience in the end. Yeah, I think um, also I think Nigeria is also kind of like a melting pot in Africa as well. Like there's so right. many different people and it's because of the oil and gas industry, you end up meeting people from all over the place and discover a whole new side of Africa too. That's absolutely true. I mean, I was uh, with a lot of Texans, uh, working with French people, uh, English, Scottish, and the Nigerians. Yeah. Not to mention how much fun they are. They they know how to party. So Nigerian it's, food. <laughs> it's great. I yeah. had such a blast in the end, and I also got a lot of opportunity to explore uh, the plant and to actually see in reality the the actual impact of what we designed in the office, which was great for me. What a what a great opportunity! Uh, right off, the starting off your career like that. That's that's you're lucky. So Thanks. I I had a I had this conversation with other women, you know, in technical fields, and typically you don't see you you don't see them applying for you know these types of jobs that you know like let's say take you elsewhere or or force you to sort of make some drastic changes in your life what makes you overcome insecurities of you know your self-esteem or um your your own insecurities in terms of how to go after what you think you deserve versus uh, what your mind is telling you you should be going for what how do you overcome the self-esteem issues in a male-dominated field well actually I never thought of being a woman as a disadvantage at all. Um, in my experience, uh, I was—I just never doubted uh, me being a woman as a as a as a factor for stopping me to to try something. I just followed my passion, and I was genuinely curious about the things I wanted to try. At university, also there was a say 70 to 30 ratio, male to female, and um, to be honest, all my male classmates as well as my female classmates treated me and respected me the same way so I was yeah. pretty much used to this environment say male dominated and uh, yeah at the plant for example I was the only expat female engineer <laughs> so <laughs> but I That's it, scary feeling. it did not scare me a single bit because it actually worked to my advantage they were seeing oh wow, a different creature is among us. Yeah. And I was basically asking asking them a lot of questions. And I got 
a free visit to the top of the LNG care, um, LNG um, uh, storage dome. Okay. And I got invited by a captain to the LNG carrier. Uh, Sorry, Carolina, is that supposed to be something special? I mean, <laughs> what? You got you got you yeah, got invited I, to the dome. Is yeah, that like a... that's really cool, right? Okay. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know, is it? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. As an engineer, you would like to see. It's, it just kind of helps you uh, visualize the the impact of your work, okay. and, and also like in in reality, how big things are. And sometimes, you know, you just don't you just don't go to these places because it's restricted areas, right. okay. and then because maybe because I was there, curious. I was curious. Um, okay, being the only girl on the planet probably helped get me a bit of attention, and because they saw that I was keen that I wanted to learn a lot of things, so they thought about me and and they offered me, hey, I'm inspecting this. Would you like to come? Mm. So I said yes, for mm. sure, I would love to. And mm. I've always seen that Columba as an advantage to me being yeah. uh, sort of a, if you want, a minority in the industry, because mm-hmm. then it gives you that bit of spotlight. And did you get to show off to your to your college buddies, like pictures, me at the dome, me on the LNG carrier? <laughs> at that time, there wasn't really Instagram culture, but I I should have oh. I should have. <laughs> I was I was pretty proud to be actually on the field, you know, being an engineer and actually seeing what you build is uh, is pride actually. Yeah. After your four years of experience in London and Nigeria, you came to France to start your career at Technip Energies. So yeah. what was that like? I mean, like coming back home, like like a whole new different place. What was it like to get to be back in Paris? It was a huge culture shock. Paris was so different. Oh, yeah. Uh, being an expat child and being actually a local working professional. Uh, I mean, despite only being two hours on the Eurostar, London and Paris are so different. The work environment was just very different. So I had to adapt. Yeah. So what was like your most memorable experience coming here? Like for me, I think uh, I I was really shocked to see how diverse the workplace was. I wasn't expecting to see so many people from different parts of the world and hearing so many different accents. What was it like for you, like stepping into the Technip Energy's office? Well, yeah, for me, it was uh, definitely I noticed that the engineers were younger than in my old workplace at that time. And there were more women to men ratio in the process department, which I was really happy about. And I felt like I was motivated to take up roles and responsibility. And I felt exposed to things as a young engineer. Another impression was that people were dressed so well. Ah, that is that is very true about the about the office uh, dress code here. I think people go go all out, even though you see different spectrums of what it means to dress well. But yeah, it's quite impressive. <laughs> Everyone looks so well put together, even in winter. It's incredible. Right. So recently, I mean, when I heard when I saw your name come up, I went to uh, your LinkedIn page to to look at your profile. And I saw this really nice post that you made uh, looking back on all of your accomplishments and reflecting on where you are today. And you were working for a project in Korea. How did you get there? 
So I was in technical office, design office uh, in Paris for four years. And then an opportunity came up for me to work on the Perlit floating LNG project. And at that time, it was uh, the first pioneering floating LNG project. And to date, it remains the biggest floating construction uh, in the world. So it was a great opportunity. I was very lucky to be able to get on board that project. And I was sent to Korea, South Korea, in a shipyard uh, to follow the construction of this uh, Perlodef LNG. The vibe was so positive. Uh, everybody wanted to make it work as it was a, a pride for, for Technipan, for the client. So we had a great team there. And on site, you meet people from offices, Technip offices around the world. There was Malaysians, Indonesians, Colombians, Indians, British, um, and I'm still in touch with many of them today. I really love the interaction with these different people, different perspectives on things and the way uh, they see problems and how to solve them. It's just, you know, an environment that I, I thrive best at. And I also tried to learn Korean, which was fun. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and during this time, um, I was actually there uh, with my husband. He took a sabbatical from his work in Paris to accompany me and support wow. me uh, during my expatriation. So yeah, he was actually a house husband for six months. He made bread yeah. and he taught French to some expat ladies. Aww. And eventually he got a job uh, in Angola. So we decided that at that time it was best for us to, to move to Angola. So we did. Whoa, 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 whoa. So you went from Korea to Angola. How, wait, wait, before you <laughs> get there, how is your Korean now? Uh, pretty basic. I've almost forgotten them, but I actually enjoyed uh, the challenges in learning them because it helped me to humble myself and to understand that, you know, when you arrive in a new country, yeah. part of your adaptation process and to respect their culture, it's important to to try to make this effort. So, yeah. I, no, I did not... I did not manage to speak a lot of Korean, but uh, it did help me in my social life in Korea. Oh, yeah, it's certainly, I mean, speaking the language definitely helps. Então, falas português? Sim, falo um pouquinho, mas já esqueci muito. Wow, listen, I'm, I'm already impressed. <laughs> like, this is, this is the best. So, you worked in Angola? Yes, I did. Thankfully, at that time, Technip was looking for a project manager role. And so I applied for it. I tried my luck. And yeah, I, I got the job, despite a very uh, difficult um, interview with the client. Uh, they were convinced at the end, I suppose. Wow. So you were a field engineer uh, in Korea and you applied to work as a project manager in Angola. How did you do that? Man, the audacity and the confidence you must have. Well, I was in the position where I thought I just had to give it a try. I had nothing to lose. And also my family grew at the time. I had our, we had our first baby in Angola. Oh, oh I cannot imagine what that must be like. So you were a project manager handling a big team, clients with a newborn baby in a foreign country, learning a new language. I wonder, how were you doing emotionally? This was actually not an issue for me because 
I felt that in Angola was one of those countries where you can get help easily. And yes, uh, thankfully, it was pretty similar to my upbringing in Indonesia. When we were growing up, we got help. So I was feeling quickly very comfortable with my helper with my helper in Angola. Uh, we formed a team uh, to take care of my daughter, and that was uh, kind of the the key that the reason why I was able to keep my career going almost uninterrupted. And towards the end of our expat in Angola, actually, my husband got another opportunity at Houston in Texas. So. And at that time, we were expecting our second child. Oh, man. So your career is, you know, moving forward. You're going higher up. Your family's growing. It's a lot going on. And so you moved to Houston. And wait, did you move with as Technip? Or you, so you left Technip? How did this happen? Yes. So we arrived in Houston. And three weeks later, confinement happened for oh, COVID. Man. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Uh, February. So March confinement. I, With my husband, we've always uh, supported each other to be both working. So when we go to a new place, we make sure that there is an opportunity for the other one to work. And that was the case for Houston. We studied all the visa requirements, etc. And the second we landed at the airport, I got the stamp on my passport. He right away processed my work permit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had the work permit very early on. But I was looking for work, including with Technip. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was looking for work, um, and there was not many opportunities because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I decided to, well, I had a baby as well, so mm-hmm. I decided to spend more time with the kids and confinement and everything. And eventually, I thought, while waiting for a job opportunity, while continuously looking, I decided to do the PMP, Project Management Institute, uh, uh, certification. Okay. So I got that done, and really soon after, I got a job offer through my university network. So that's when I started working for an American company as a project manager uh, for their kind of subsea flow and studies. So you're in Houston, uh, you do your certification, time is going by, there's a world like pandemic, everybody's going through change and adaptation and figuring out themselves. And how do you get back to Technip Energies and and why? I mean, so obviously you have a, a great relationship with the company and with the people in here because uh, somehow you found your way back. And what about Technip Energies appeals to you? So actually during my break uh, in the U.S., I kept in touch uh, with my managers here. And when my husband's expatriation ended, um, Technip actually have some opportunities that are very interesting for me. In fact, uh, there was an opening in the floating offshore wind business line, and that was just the right time for me to try and uh, be involved and make my do my participation in the in the renewables in energy. So yeah, we were very lucky. Uh, I came back and I got a job as a project manager in the renewable energy business line. It is no doubt very challenging. It's out of my comfort zone because mm-hmm. I've worked, uh, my background is process in uh, oil and gas, but I love the challenge. So I took up the role. 
I mean, obviously now as a, a you're a mom, you have to think about the future for your kids, and uh, I'm sure that helps in terms of uh, deciding where to fit in in terms of you know this you know the really renewable energy uh, sector, cleaner energy, and making using your natural given skills to try to to find solutions uh, 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 for the energy industry. Yes, and I also love the vibe um, in this. Uh team because uh, everyone's just so motivated trying to make this work so yeah. it's a great environment and i i love my job yeah i've heard that you guys are like a a really cool group of people very diverse <laughs> really young i that's the reputation you have yeah no actually uh, there are people coming from different industries in this uh in this uh, group that's true it's actually really open-minded and it's it's quite different uh, kind of challenges that we have to uh, overcome every day. So that makes the job really interesting. You have always been such a go-getter. I love your mindset. You do not fear change at all. In fact, you embrace it. Do you have any practices or rituals or mantras or songs that put you in the right mindset? <laughs> you know? uh, I do not have songs or mantras, but <laughs> I try to be positive. I try to see the glass half full in every situation. Um, try to respect and be kind to others and just bring the good vibes. Oh, yeah. So what? Like, wait, wait. What song puts you in the good vibe? Tell me. Oh, gosh, you put me on the spot now. It could be songs. one of your kids' songs. I'm sure you're always listening to kids' music and kids' cartoons. I'm pretty okay, sure. I started on the Frozen soundtrack. <laughs> oh, yes, let it go. <laughs> That's a perfect <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. No, no, actually, uh, I could not find a particular song right now, but my playlist is full of good vibe songs. <laughs> You know, you know, the one the one that's like such a, a cliche, but every time it plays, I cannot help but smile and dance is Happy by Pharrell Williams. <laughs> yeah, of course. It is so hand for like the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Um, so now time for a signature question. What is the biggest boundary you have broken in your life? Or let's say. What? What have you done that has made you step out of your comfort zone? You know, something that you've done, it could be in your personal or professional life that has impacted you and the lives of people around you. Well, actually, I don't think I had one particular big boundary to break. In my case, it was more like one step challenge after another. And I just never considered being a woman as a stopper in my career in the technical field. Also, luck played a big role in my life. I didn't doubt myself, but at the same time, the others didn't doubt me either. I've had managers, colleagues who trusted me and gave me the opportunity to grow whenever I show the appetite for it. And I guess I've been lucky to have had great mentors, both male and female, who believed in me. It's basically a combination of hard work and uh, being positive and, you know, the luck will follow. Hard work, positive mindset, and the luck will follow. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you. And well. thank you guys for listening today. Uh, everyone for tuning in on our second episode. In the future, we'll have more episodes with other inspiring people at Technip Energies and conversations on how they broke boundaries to become successful. 
Um, I hope that wherever you are, that you're happy, joyful, and fulfilled, and we'll see you on the next episode.